In this video, you were going to see how the prophet Isaiah showed who Jesus was 700 years before he was born. Hey, welcome to my channel. My name is George Crabb, and we are doing a series on how to find Jesus in the Old Testament. Super excited about this, you guys. It's made my heart burn with God's love as we discover who the true Messiah is in all of the Old Testament scriptures. And hey, don't forget to hit that subscribe button down below. This will give you all the latest episodes. Hit that little bell. It's a reminder so you don't miss anything. And feel free to comment below, my friends. All right, so the book of Isaiah. Okay, it's been a disputed book. A lot of uh, cemetery schools, I mean, seminary schools, excuse me, have taught that there was dual authors or uh, multiple three authors or four, or even more, because they just don't understand how anybody could, you know, the, the how anybody could predict these things like Isaiah did. And they do this with Daniel too, but it's also they say that the the tone changes or the you know the character that seems to change the author's style of writing seems to change well haven't other people wrote books like that that does happen right and prophetic books do shift and <laughs> this was ultimately written by god through isaiah and it, isaiah was the writer you guys so there are 66 chapters in isaiah which is very interesting because there's 66 books in the bible and it's divided in half, okay? It's kind of like the Old and New Testament, divided in half like that. So the first 39 chapters show us condemnation, and then the last 29 chapters show us consolation, okay? Or the, or the grace and the love of God. That's what we see, which is like the Old and the New Testament, because the Old Testament showed us that the law, that none of us can keep the law, and we were condemned by it, even though the law is perfect and it's good, we can't do it with our human nature. But the New Testament, with Jesus, we see grace, getting something good you don't deserve. In other words, salvation and also God's mercy and his love. So that's what we see in the book of Isaiah. And the word salvation, which means being saved, right? Saving us, is mentioned in, the, in this book 26 times. 26 times more than any other book, any other prophetic book. So good, you guys. So Isaiah 40 is like the is where it starts to be like the New Testament. And it starts with the prophecy about John the Baptist, of all things, right? So the New Testament starts with John the Baptist, uh, who's out prophesying about Jesus and baptizing people and calling people to repent, which means turn to God. All right. Okay, so. There's also a tradition that uh, Manasseh, who's mentioned in Isaiah, he was like the last king of Israel. Uh, Manasseh, uh, he had Isaiah put in a hollow log and then sawed in half. Um, this is not in the Bible. However, we do find in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, verse 37, as the, the author of Hebrews is talking about how they stoned the prophets, they did all these things, and then he said they were sawn in two. Now, was the author of Hebrews re referencing Isaiah, uh, talking about how Isaiah was martyred? Possibly. It's just kind of interesting. I thought I would talk about that a little bit with you. All right, so Isaiah, very disputed book. Um, we know that Ben Asher Codex is where we get the Masoretic text. This just simply means that this is where the 
the oldest Hebrew manuscripts come from. Okay, so the oldest Hebrew manuscripts were the Ben Asher Codex on the book of Isaiah, and they were about 900 AD. Okay, um, so that was after Jesus, 900 years, and that was the oldest manuscript we had for many years. However, in 1946, a little shepherd boy found some caves south of the Dead Sea, and there they discovered the whole scroll of Isaiah and other scrolls of the Old Testament preserved perfectly. Like the whole scroll of Isaiah is there. In fact, I think it's the only one that has the entire complete scroll. It's like 20-something feet long when they roll it out. And in it, it matches the Masoretic text, which is what where we have our Old Testament and our Bibles as Christians, and it's flawless, my friends. There's, there's only like maybe six words that were a little bit different, but the meaning is the same. It's a miracle. That's a literary miracle, my friends. So we're going to look in Isaiah right now. Um, the three big ones, actually there's four big ones in there, but Isaiah chapter 7, chapter 9, Isaiah 53, all speak of Jesus Christ, very obvious in those books, and, and also Isaiah 61. In fact, Isaiah 61 is where Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, right? This is where he started, and starting his ministry, and he read from the book of Isaiah, and it was chapter 61. And remember, he said, today in your hearing, these scriptures are fulfilled. The Old Testament speaking of him. So it's so good. And then he stopped at a comma, which is very interesting. But we're going to get into that in another episode. Today, we're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 7 and how it predicted the birth, the virgin birth of the Christ. And Christ in the Greek just means Messiah. So the virgin birth of the Messiah. We're going to look at that, you guys. Let's check it out right now. So Isaiah the prophet Yes, he was a prophet. Some people don't like that, but hey, too bad. He is a prophet. Okay, so here's a timeline. Uh, we know that in the beginning, God, and in the end, God, right? And everything points down from BC, which means just means before Christ, it all points down to Jesus. And then from AD, from like Today, it's 2021, the year 2021 AD, but it counts down to Jesus. So this Roman Gregorian calendar, this Roman Gregorian calendar actually points to Jesus, which is a miracle too. I mean, why isn't that something you should check out? I mean, if time itself has been pointing to this mysterious Jesus, if you're not a believer, you might want to look at that. So we see creation. There was Adam and Eve. The Bible records that there was the flood, and then we see Abraham, which we think is around 2000 BC before Christ. And then here we had Isaac, uh, Jacob, or Yaakov, if you're in Israel, and Joseph, or Yosef, if you're in Israel. And Yosef was right around maybe 19, 1800, maybe 1600. We're not quite sure on those dates. And then we get into Moses around 1400 to 1200 BC. Joshua, David was 1000 BC. And then we see Isaiah, and we do know that was right around 700 BC. And by the way, those, those Dead Sea Scrolls that they found were dated 200 years before Christ, written 200 years by the experts, the scholars, and the archaeologists. And that would put it right around here before the birth of Christ. This is when they were copied or written, but they were actually, I'm sorry, they were written 700 BC before Christ by Isaiah. 
but they were that manuscript was as old as 200 years at the minimum 200 years before the birth of Christ. So what they did was they would copy and the, the Hebrew people were very the Jewish people were very careful the scholars about copying the text exactly right. One little mistake they would throw it out, start over and they would make sure they got it perfect. And it was proven perfect by those Dead Sea Scrolls which matched exactly the Masoretic text, which was around 900 AD, which used to be our oldest Old Testament book. So it's so good. So here's Isaiah. It counts down. Jesus, 0 AD. AD just means Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. And then 32 AD, it was crucified because we know he's 33 years old. We don't count the zero. And then Paul was, uh, he was transformed right around 35 AD, became a born again follower of Jesus Christ. He was one of the Pharisees of Pharisees. He was probably going to be the next um, great Pharisee, trained under Gamil. And then we see over here, 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. Um, that was a horrible, I'm sorry, that was a horrible thing that happened uh, in 70 AD, and that was recorded in the history books as well. 95 AD, we know that John wrote Revelation then because he was sent to the island of Patmos by the Roman emperor Domitian, which he ruled during that time. And then we have the church age is where we're living in right now. And then later on, we have in 1948, the miracle of the nation of Israel being born again as a nation. And then uh, here we are today in 2021, and we are looking up and we can't wait for our Lord to return. He may return in our lifetime. He may not, but we want to watch and be ready, as Jesus said, right? That's very important that we do that. Okay, let's look into the New Testament first, where we see Isaiah chapter 7 referenced and what was going on, okay? Let's check it out. So Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, here we are. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, real quick, the Holy Spirit is God the Spirit. God is a triune God. He has three very distinct personalities, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we know he's not a force. He's not some power force or out in the universe or whatever he is he has a personality and he's the third person of the triune god okay so mary uh before joseph and mary came together in other words before they became uh they had any kind of sex we know that she was found with child through the holy spirit which fulfills the scripture in isaiah so watch this guys Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So he thought, okay, I mean, like any man would, you know, she may have told him, I, I don't know, I just got pregnant, but I'm a virgin. Well, who's going to believe that, right? So here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Joseph was such a righteous man, even though that happened, he didn't want to shame her. He wanted to secretly, he wanted to take care of her and protect her still. He still loved her. This is true love, guys. And, um, 
And then later he gets a dream and God shows him what's going on. So here we are, guys. So he resolved to divorce her quietly, and then verse 20, but as the as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, that's Hebrew for Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. That's the Hebrew for Jesus. And for he will save his people from their sins. And by the way, Yeshua means salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. Saving us is from the Lord, basically. And we see salvation mentioned 26 times in the book of Isaiah. Remember that. So the angel tells Joseph, don't be afraid, you know. Don't, don't fear to take Mary as your wife. She was conceived by the Holy Spirit. God put this baby in her belly, so in her womb. So here we go. And then verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, or Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah, right? And it says here in verse 23, he quotes Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? Well, Matthew tells us right here, which means God with us. God with us. Wow. (laughs) So then verse 24, And when Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Can you imagine the scene, you guys? Jesus is born, and and Yosef, Joseph, calls his name Yeshua, just like the angel told him to do. Isn't that great, you guys? It's so awesome. All right, so here's a picture of the scroll that was actually found in the Dead Sea scroll collection in that cave of Qumran, which is south of the Dead Sea. And uh, this was preserved in one of these jars, these clay jars, and it was a very dry area, which is most out of the sun and dry, which was perfect for storing these ancient, ancient scrolls. And so here it is, guys, the, the scroll of Isaiah, the complete scroll. In fact, I think it's the only one that was complete. So it's really cool stuff. All right, so let's just read Isaiah one more time. So Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that's where we find where Matthew was quoting um, the scripture of the Old Testament showing Jesus. It's just so good, isn't it? Hey, I love this stuff, guys. I don't know about you, but I love finding Jesus in the Old Testament. It makes my heart burst with joy, and I hope it does for you as well. Don't forget to subscribe down below because we're going to be doing all of the prophets, including Jonah, uh, Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all these prophets. Uh, Zechariah has some great stuff, and we're going to be seeing where Jesus is found in these ancient prophetic books, you guys. So subscribe down below, hit the bell, comment, please like this video. This is going to help get these videos out there to more people. All right. So Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. Not just Messiah, but God. God with us. God the Son. Very important that we understand that, you guys. All right, that's our, I'm sorry, that's going to be a a later episode, Daniel. But isn't that good, you guys? Don't you love that stuff? I love that, finding that stuff uh, in the Old Testament. It's just exciting. All right, so here we go with some scripture. Um, We are going to look at some of this scripture, and we see, it looks like I got the wrong one here. We're going to go over back here, and we can see this whole thing again. So here's the context of chapter 7 in Isaiah. This is the context of it. Let's start in verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ahaz was the king in Israel at this time, or in Judah, or Judea, and he was of the line of David uh, through Solomon. So he was one of those kings. And And again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let, let it be deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz says, I will not ask. So this is Isaiah talking to him right here. He's saying, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz through Isaiah. And then he says, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to test. I hear people say that today and it's kind of arrogant and kind of pompous and, you know, I won't ask of a sign of the Lord. I will not put the Lord to test. It's okay to ask the Lord for a sign. Don't get all weird with all these signs and wonders like a lot of people are doing today. But it's okay to say, hey, Lord, will you show me? Will you give me a sign to verify this? Because sometimes he does that. But here the prophet Isaiah is telling him to do it, and he still won't do it. I won't put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David... Isaiah responding to him, Is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? And here it is, guys, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Hey, my friend, is God with you? Is he not only with you, but is he in you? Is he in your heart? You know, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That just means the Messiah, Yeshua, Christ Jesus. Do you have Christ in your heart? If you don't, you can say a simple prayer. You can repeat it after me to receive Christ into your heart, into your life. And there's no condemnation with him. Remember the first portion of Isaiah is about condemnation, but the second part is about God's love and his grace. It's like the Old Testament and New Testament. So do you want Christ in your heart? You can pray this prayer, my friend, right after me and receive him. This is business between you and God. And you want to choose him. You don't want to go to the outer darkness, a place that's so dark you could feel it and you're alone. A lot of people say, oh, I'll go to hell with my friends and party down there. No, you won't. You will be alone in utter darkness forever, and it's a place of burning and torment, the Bible says, a place of gnashing of your teeth. 
That is not a place you want to go. You want to go to heaven, right? The place where there's light, the light of God shines. The creator who created this beautiful world, this earth and the sun, the moon, the stars, the mountains, the streams, the oceans. I want to be with him. And he's good. He's good because he sent his son, Jesus, to come down out of fellowship as God to, to dethrone himself, to be born of the Virgin Mary, just like we're, we're reading right here. Just like verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. He did that. He came. He was tempted in every way we're tempted. He was fully man and fully God, so he knows what we go through, guys. And here's the thing. He died, willingly died on the cross. It wasn't the Jews. It wasn't the Romans who put him on the cross. It was all of us. It was our sin, but he did it ultimately. He went to the cross because he loves you, and he loves me, and he knew we can't do it. He knew that we are sinners, that we're hopeless, without hope, without him. So he came and he paid the price. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He, he was whipped and scourged, but he shed his blood and died on that cross. But in three days, my friend, he was raised from the dead. And he's alive today, my friend. And you can receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is a simple prayer. You just say the words after me. You're praying to God. You are praying to God from your heart. And you can just repeat it after me. If this is speaking to you and you feel that you would like to do this, pray this prayer after me. All right? You're going to repeat it right after me. This is to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and your Master, to be the Master of your life. Okay? To follow Him. All right? Repeat the words after me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I am sorry for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood for me. I am sorry for my sin. I turn from my sin and I choose to follow you from this day forward. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, amen, my friend. If you did that, Congratulations. I'd give you a big hug if I could right now. And all of heaven rejoices, the Bible says, when one person repents. That means turns to God. And that is you, my friend. All right. So, hey, God bless you. We're going to be going through the rest of Isaiah in the next episode. Super excited about it because Isaiah 9 is awesome. Isaiah 53 is incredibly awesome. And then Isaiah 61 shows us this amazing future prophecy in it something that was fulfilled, and then we see something that was not fulfilled because Jesus stopped midway through that scripture, all right? Hey, God bless you, and God bless his kingdom coming to this world soon.